0: You know, uh, I think all of us would agree, yeah, that our time in quarantine and during the COVID era was very difficult for everybody in the world, Um, certainly for us here. For myself and for many of the priests, it was a, a particular challenge in some ways because we would get called to go to the hospital to give somebody last rites. And we couldn't go in the hospital to give them last rites. They wouldn't let us in. And I certainly don't fault any hospital administrators because we were all making it up as we went along, you know. But we couldn't get in the door for well over a year. And um, so what I would do is if I got the call to go and give somebody last rites, I would park my car. I'd stand right there on the sidewalk in front of the hospital. (laughs) I'd extend my hand and I would give them last rites from the sidewalk because that's as close as I could get. And what I would do is I would take a picture of the outside of the hospital on my phone and text it to the family so that they knew that I was actually there. So that happened one time and I texted my, uh, the outside of the, the hospital to the family and at that very second, She texted back and said, Father, the second I got your text, my mom died. Soon as I gave her last rites. And then she texted again and it said simply, let us hope that God will bring peace in this chaos. Let us hope God will bring peace in this chaos. And I just share this with you. Um, Do you ever feel that way? Do you ever feel that is it possible that God can kind of bring peace in the, the chaos of life, the chaos of our culture, the chaos of our city, my heavens? And sometimes the chaos in our families and our own self, right? I mean is it possible that God can bring some, <laughs> some kind of peace in this chaos? Because it can sometimes be chaotic. I believe very firmly that if we understand what Jesus says when he says take up your cross and follow me, I think that what he's saying is this, that what impedes us can empower us and what stands in our way can become the way to growth. What impedes us, like the greatest challenges that we've got, can actually empower us and the challenges that we've got, what stands in our way can become the way to growth if we use it. And that's what Jesus means, I think, when he says, take up your cross and follow me. You know, and some of the stuff that we are going through, folks, is tough. I'm not sidestepping that. But the truth is, you and I are not the exception to the rule of suffering. We often feel like we are, I should be the exception to the rule, but you're really not. So whatever we're going through, this is also an opportunity, is my point, yeah? Deuteronomy chapter 20, 28, it says your greatest curse can become your greatest blessing if you use it. That which is the greatest challenge to you can become that which is actually a blessing. That's the miracle of Christianity. Have you ever, have you ever gotten like a, a letter or an email from someone you haven't talked to in a while? I got, yesterday, uh, two days ago I got an email from a woman I saw her last 12 years ago, 12 years ago, I hadn't heard from her. So I met her, I may have shared this story with you but I'll share it again. I was on an airplane and I was going to Pittsburgh and I'm in the very back row, just where all the good Catholics sit too, (laughs) right? So I was in the very back row of the airplane and so this woman comes and she sits down next to me, attractive young woman and I put my hand out to say hi and she wouldn't shake my hand. She was like, and I was like, this is going to be a great flight. It's going to be awesome. Right? And so I sit down and I start talking to her and I'm like, how you doing? I'm Father Ben. Are you Sagittarius? You know, do you, do you like, you know, uh, do you like brownie? I'm just trying to make conversation with her. She refused to talk to me. I was like, okay. Right? Because I'm that annoying guy you never want to sit next to in an airplane, like Buddy the Elf. And so um, I'm sitting there and I'm starting to read my, my book and she falls asleep. Her head right here. There's hair in my face right here. Okay? And right then this stewardess walks by and sees my collar and sees this woman and I'm like, we are not an item. Okay, we are not together. It's not like you complete me, <laughs> kind of thing. It's nothing like that. Okay, um, but I was like, I don't know, I don't know. What do I do? What do you do when somebody's sleeping on your shoulder? I said, just let him sleep, father. So let her sleep. Let her sleep. And I know you're thinking it. Yes, there's a pool of drool. <laughs> okay, the gift that keeps on giving. Trust me. Right. It was here. So I just. Let her sleep. Anyway, she woke up. Her face was 12 shades of red, but it broke the ice, and she started talking. And what I came to find out was she was in a, um, an abusive relationship with her boyfriend. And she started crying right there and, you know, just shared this. Anyway, I gave her my email. I don't even remember giving it to her. It's 12 years ago. I get this email from her two days ago. This is what she says to me, Father, you may not remember me, I didn't, but we met on a flight going to Pittsburgh and I was in this horrible situation with this, well, I won't repeat what she said, but with this relationship with this man and she said, I want you to know that I have used that situation to grow to become a stronger person with more self-esteem and a deeper sense of God's awareness and life in my life. I was like, man, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Those are the little things we hold on to, right, in life? What impedes us can empower us. What stands on our way can actually become the way if we use it. Or, as you know, you can get bitter and resentful and angry and crabby and grouchy, so you choose, that's what we heard in the first reading, right? I lay before you life and death, the blessing and the curse, you choose. But we choose a hundred times a day which one you're choosing, okay? Whether you're a happy person or a miserable person, you choose. She could have become a miserable person, she chose not to. We need to learn to fail. Yes, you heard that accurately. We need to learn to fail. We need to learn to fall. We need to learn to accept criticism from others without getting explosive and defensive. And we need to learn to navigate problems. And parents, we need to let our kids fail and fall and navigate problems. We do not do them favors when we cocoon them because that's life. That's life. And so they've got to learn this. Go. And you know, I don't, I don't blame parents. You've probably heard me say this before, I don't blame them for wanting to protect, but we're not doing them. We're actually in the, in the desire to protect, we actually can cause more harm. Why? Because when they, <laughs> they encounter these things in life, they don't have, have defense mechanisms. What impedes us can empower us. What stands in a way can become the way. You know, I am the first to say in the history of the Catholic Church over 2,000 years, we have had plenty of sinners and plenty of saints. We've made some mistakes, but we've gotten some things right. One of the things that we did very, very well in the Catholic Church is we've always been highly outspoken against slavery. In fact, for hundreds of years when this was one of the major commerces in the world, it was the Catholic Church alone that was a lone voice, not only speaking out against it, but the popes excommunicated anybody that had anything to do with the slave industry. I can't tell you how eminently countercultural that was at the time. But it was the popes that took the lead on this, right? People making serious cash on that. Do you know the 15 million slaves were taken from Africa? 15 million, that's 15 times the size of our city, most of them women and children. This week in the Catholic Church, we had the feast day of a woman who was the victim of the slave industry. Her name was Saint Josephine Baquita. Her name literally means the lucky one. The lucky one. Not so lucky, getting kidnapped at the age of seven. She was sold into slavery five times over. She's kidnapped from Sudan at the age of seven, died in the year 1947. Do you know that by the year, by the time she was 14 years old, St. Josephine Bakhita could count 140 whipped marks where she was whipped on her body by the same man. She could count 140 whipped marks on her body when she was 14. You know what she did? <laughs> you know what she did? She prayed 140 Our Fathers every day for the man who did that to her. I wouldn't do that. A hundred and forty our fathers every day for the guy that did that. And she was once asked, if you met him again, if you met the guy that did this to your body, what would you do? And you know what she said? She said, I would go down on my knees and I would kiss his hands because I never would have come to Christ were it not for him. Wow. If there's anybody in the world that had a, a right to be angry and ticked off and resentful and bitter, it was Saint Josephine Bakhita. But you know what she did? Whoop, she turned it on its head. She said, yeah, I could do that. That's an opportunity, that's another thing. But then, but then that guy would have beat her twice, right? He would have beat her twice because I've, I've hurt you physically but then I've robbed your peace if you let them. Because somebody can rob your peace only if you let them. Just a little suggestion, don't let them. <laughs> don't let them. So she, she turned this into an opportunity to grow, to become a saint. She became a saint. You know when she came to the Catholic Church she had never seen a crucifix. She, she had never seen a crucifix, and she's a saint, St. Josephine Baquita. For each one of us, folks, what, what impedes us can empower us. And you say, well, Father, that's nice, that's pretty, that's awesome, but you know what? She's a saint, and I'm not. Well, yeah, she wasn't always a saint. She chose that path. What impedes us can empower us. What stands in our way can become the way to peace.